0: You're listening to Pole Parlor, a fun, inspiring podcast for all those bewitched by pole dance. Each week, your Madam Crimson Mink has candid conversation with unique, engaging individuals from within and around the pole dance community. Pole Parlor is passionate about preaching creativity, soulful sensuality, and empowerment through pole dance. You know how we do. Welcome everyone to Pole Parlor. This is episode 56, Sarah Jade. I'm your host, Crimson Minx. This week on the podcast, we have old school sexy pole mama, Sarah Jade. On this episode, we talk about how Sarah meets the cliche of dancing to pay her way through college, her journey building and growing her studio, Buttercup, in Tampa, Florida, how she has maintained her enthusiasm and love of pole after 11 years in the industry, and we see how her focus on having fun and being part of a supportive community has contributed to her success. And don't forget to check out Sarah's post-podcast interview on the blog at pollparlor.com, where she shares her favorite photos, music, video, and more. And before we jump in, shameless plug here. I'm in the midst of opening my own studio here in Austin, Texas, called Minx and Muse. So if you'd like to support this project while picking up some fun perks, including discounted classes, a weekend pollcation tarot readings, or even some magical potions, you can find a link to my Indiegogo campaign at minxandmuse.com. I'll put a link in the show notes. Okay, enough of that. Let's bring on Sarah, or Miss Jade if you nasty. to the Pole Parlor podcast. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I am absolutely fabulous. Thank you for asking. Yay! Yay let's jump on in. So, <laughs> okay. for how long have you been pole dancing and how did you first discover pole? So,
1: this will be my 11th year pole dancing. I started when I was 18, wow. which used to be young for pole dancing, <laughs> not anymore. True. Uh, <laughs> and I started because I was bartending in a strip club. And I would look at the girls and I was like, (laughs) and then my boss started letting me go on stage and play when there was nobody in there. And so I'd go up in my little sneakers and jump on the pole and play. And then one day she said, I think it's time that you just switch. (laughs) And so she took me out from behind the bar and I started dancing.
0: That's so cool. This was in Tampa or where was this? Tampa, in Tampa. Oh my Back gosh! College. <laughs> That's so cool. So this was like your your college side side job.
1: It was very cliche. I danced my way through college.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's there's some truth to that. I guess some people did that. <laughs> That's crazy. So that and you finished your you finished college.
1: I did. I had a bachelor's degree in sociology.
0: Very cool. But then he (laughs) said, pause, I think that there's something to this pole dancing thing.
1: Yeah. When I did um, move out of the dancing world, uh, I was just so, I missed the pole so much. And so I called this local studio and I was like, I really want to take classes. And they're like, well, do you want to work here? I was like, yes. (laughs) absolutely want to do that. And I worked there for a few years before I opened Buttercup.
0: As a teacher, was there like a lot of people, was it just like, well, we don't actually have anyone to teach this class, so if you want to take it, you better create something?
1: (laughs) A little bit. I mean, especially back then, our most advanced move, I remember vividly, was, it was called a Venus, and we would just do a bracket and then put our legs up. We didn't even go upside down. That was our most advanced move.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's so crazy. So then that would be four years after. So like, what years are we talking now?
1: That would have been... 2008-ish, 9, something
0: like that. Yeah, so you were, like, early on. Did you have, were you, like, an athlete or gymnast or anything? Like, what was it about that pole that drew you to it?
1: (laughs) Um, I think I have, there's, like, one video of me picking my nose in a tutu doing gymnastics when I was, like, five years old. (laughs) I don't think it went any further than that. I did play soccer for about eight years, but actually my biggest sport was marching band.
0: No, what
1: did you play? I was on the drum line. Cool. I started as a brass slapper and then I became a snare player. And then my senior year, I was captain of the drum line. So I, I made my way up the cool ladder a little bit.
0: Yeah, as cool uh, as you uh, get in marching band.
1: <laughs> yes, I still went to two band camps a year, so it wasn't totally <laughs> cool. but <I'm>
0: <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so crazy! From, from, from drum line to, to pole star. So, I guess. yeah. <laughs> then where did your okay? So where, have you always been flexible?
1: Um, I had that kind of like rough one side split, okay. where I had, it was like a party trick, like woo, do yeah. a split, but it wasn't like a good one. I couldn't do my middle splits or anything like that. That all came from pole.
0: That all came later. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So then, tell us about. So how did it go from like you? Working as a pole instructor at a fitness studio to you being like, I'm gonna do do my own studio. I'm and did you become like Sarah Jade during this time? Were you competing? And (laughs) well, at the time I was, and when I first started dancing, I was
1: using my full name, but my my maiden name's not real sexy. It's (laughs) Clausen, which is a pickle brand. (laughs) (laughs) so I started going by my middle name which is legally jade um happy coincidence that worked out and um it just
0: that's that's way more like sarah the claw or something that's like a little weird and awkward sarah jade (laughs) it was not (laughs) exactly sexy (laughs) not it well you know it's not that it's not, but Jade Waymore is. So okay, so you picked up <laughs> you very quickly learned that you needed to have your your stage name, which is Sarah Jade. And were you like finding people online? Or how were you how did you even know how to teach if you just
1: We did a lot of um trial and error back then? There was like I remember seeing my first online poll video, and it was Felix Kane, Miss Anthropic, Off With Your Head, classic. And in the beginning, she's got a cute haircut. She's talking to the camera. And I just loved that video so deeply. And then I found Alethea, and I was like, (laughs) bells rang, and I was like, I love this woman. (laughs) I just wanted to dance like her. And so we would watch videos and figure them out, and then – just teach by learning what was the wrong way to
0: do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that didn't kind of <laughs> work last time because it fell in my head. So let's try it this way. Exactly. Did you ever travel or anything? Um, I, the first time I
1: traveled for poll was in US PDF in
0: 2010. Wow. New York City. Yeah, that was the big one.
1: That was the big one. And that was, that was actually a combination of Alethea and my boss at the time, April, who I love dearly. And Alethea was like, are you ever going to compete? I was like, eh. I met her in a workshop and I was so excited. She was like, you should compete. I was like, Okay. And so my boss forced me to send in the video. I didn't want to send it because I wasn't happy with it. I was like, oh, I'm not going to do it. She forced me to send the video. And then I got in and it was like a whole game changer or poll for me. It became like, I really want to do this forever kind of situation.
0: That's so, who else was there at the competition? Oh gosh, I
1: showed up and here's like Nadia Sharif and (laughs) Michelle Stenick and all these people. And I was like, (gasps) panic attack, ah, freaked out that it was amazing just to be there. And I looked at the stage like this the whole time I performed because I was so nervous. I stared right at the floor, but it was fun. And it was a game, game changer.
0: Wow, yeah, you have to start somewhere, I mean. Hey. (laughs) Yeah. So then you return to you returned to Florida and Mm -hmm. you were like probably had a whole new view of things. Yes. Awesome. Yes. I was like,
1: I gotta I gotta make this into a career. I gotta make this a thing where I can do it forever. And that's when I opened Buttercup.
0: Okay. So that. So Buttercup is your pole studio in Tampa, Florida. Yes. You opened that in what year and why is it called Buttercup?
1: So it would have been December of 2011. And the reason it's called Buttercup actually is um, my mother, my grandmother, and my great grandmother all owned an antique store named Buttercup Cottage. And I come from, you know, three generations of fierce women entrepreneurs. And I really just was like, dang it. Well, now I have to do something. So <laughs> I named it after them. I wasn't really into junk dealing, but I wanted to keep the legacy alive
0: a lot. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that they're so proud.
1: Very, very yeah, much.
0: Yeah. It's a little more sexy than, uh, than
1: antiques an
0: antique shop. <laughs> so you, you're showing the, the clothins uh, Exactly, yeah, in a whole new light. Oh, so that's so great that you like are bringing on the family name in like this new wave feminism. Yes, and, you yeah, speaking of that, yeah, so you started your pole studio. Mm-hmm. I opened it with five thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> must it was it like a small space? And what even was pole scene like in Tampa?
1: Um, we were actually we had already had quite a few studios at the time. Um, we all kind of branched out from our initial studio and opened our own. And we have a very, we have a thriving pole community down here. And the best part is all the studios are super old school. We all wear heels. We all appreciate the sexy style. Yeah. It's just like awesome. I love the Tampa pole
0: community. Yeah. I was just down there for your badge of the chrome. Uh, whole show so i got to see buttercup buttercup 3.0 we'll talk about how you've gone through multiple (laughs) multiple locations which is so rad but it was Mm -hmm. so cool that all the different girls from and guys from the other studios in tampa came by took workshops were at the show participated in the show
1: absolutely we all support each other
0: Yeah, and it was like, well, this one's 20 minutes this way over the bridge, and then this one's like, you know, so you kind of like respected each other in terms of location, but you're not, you know, you see yourself as a community still, which doesn't happen in every city, so that's pretty
1: rad. We feel like there's room for all of us, and every studio is slightly different, so you're going to find whichever, you know, a little bit different everywhere, but all in the same community. So it's a really cool dynamic that we all have and we all perform in each other's shows and it's, it's always a blast.
0: That's great. That's such a great um, thing to know. If people are in cities where that isn't the reality that there's potential for that. I feel that in Austin too, it's worth mentioning, but, um, (laughs) it just makes things easier and cooler. But so, so you have your, the, what, what do you call your girls? the, the, bu- the Nutter butters. butters. The Nutter Butters. <laughs> I am so, like I said, I was at your studio. You just have the most positive vibes there, the coolest vibes, the coolest chicks and, gu- and guys. Mm-hmm. And I think we- it's how you, yeah, I like when to die and come back in Nutter Butter. It's. <laughs> <laughs> You're very welcome. We adopt everyone. Okay, good. I don't have to die first. That's I just have <laughs> yeah. to move to Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, what do you do that that makes it the environment that way, and that creates that kind of tribe
1: sure I think it's we all have a really good sense of humor about what we're doing and how we're doing it, and everybody's welcome and there's a zero tolerance policy for unkindness or hate or anything like that and it's just the people that Don't necessarily want to be in that friendly environment. They just kind of work themselves out. And you know what I mean? And it's just always been Yeah, like kind of all starts from my team, which is this amazing group of nine people that just radiate happiness and joy, and they love what they do and they make people laugh. And that's, you know, just just has grown from there and it's amazing. My nutter butters are just
0: incredible. Yeah. So you have such an amazing community there. So if anyone, and you do like, like weekends, trip weekends and stuff where people can come down and see your studio and take a bunch of workshops. And are you still doing that?
1: Um, not so much the camps anymore. i um, been focusing more on the shows okay. because then we can do lots of workshops at the shows and um, I'm trying to do two shows a year now. So oh, those, wow. yeah, got one coming up.
0: Do you, when is it? So November eleventh. November eleventh. Okay, that is yeah. soon. So people, yeah. so people can come. Like, like, like. That's what I did. I I flew to Florida. Um, I took a bunch of workshops. I saw a really cool show. So this one, this one's going to be a benefit show. So this one's a hundred percent
1: charity. Um, it's for victims of the Pulse um, nightclub shooting. So families of the victims. Oh, wow. And um, Buttercup is in this unique position where when I built the new studio, we have a competition stage with two 12-foot poles. We can put 200 seats in there. And because we don't have to pay for a venue or a rigging or anything like that, we have this amazing ability to raise a huge amount of money um, just because of that. So I felt like we have to take advantage of that and really at least do one show a year 100% to charity. And I thought that that was the most relevant cause. And that's what really deserved all that money.
0: Yeah. So. For those who don't remember, that was the nightclub. That was the, the gay nightclub where a shooter came in and there was a lot of people, unfortunately. Horrible. Victims. Yeah. So that's so honorable of you. Um, you're, yeah, you talked about your studio. So you started off $5,000, 2011, tiny, tiny little space. Yes,
1: I sold a uh, 2000 uh, 1998 Kia Rio that had like 110,000 miles on it and I used that money um, to open the studio. It was like, you know, a little box, a little bathroom, and it had just a, a tiny little space and it started with no instructors, just me. And I had my friend Sam who's my lead instructor now, and I said, you know, I can't hire you yet until I know I can pay you. <laughs> so, very shortly after that, she came on board and Once we found out that we could do this, we had our next space rented within eight months of opening the first one.
0: Oh, wow. So that was like a (laughs) very much a starter space. Yeah,
1: definitely. It was very small. And then we were in half of a space that we shared with a hoop studio. And um, we eventually ended up um, in 3,000 square feet. And then we just moved to 4,200. So we're like, oh, my gosh, it's a little overwhelming. It's amazing. We have this gorgeous space. and We don't even know. It doesn't even feel like ours, you know.
0: Well, wow. well, it is. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's you've definitely worked to that point and have and have earned it. So it's go- it's a know. gorgeous space, and you have it curtained off. It's not. I'm um, gonna I mean, explain it to people, <laughs> or you can explain it to people. But it's curtained off, so you have different rooms. So you could do aerial and poles and yes. Permanent all kinds st- of stuff. Permanent stage so people can train for competitions within your space, which is
1: super smart. It's amazing. And the, the reason we did the curtains was because now we can take it from three rooms, open the curtains, and then we have an event venue, basically. Yeah. And all like, encapsulated in one space. And then when we do have shows, it's very homey and very just awesome. Just love it.
0: Yeah, well, congratulations. You have done good, kid. Thank you. Oh, I'm so excited. So let's talk about all the other things that were going on simultaneously. So, yeah, so like competitions, traveling, workshops. What was that life like? What's it like Uh, now? I was never a huge
1: traveler, mostly because I had my studio as early as 2011. So I had only done one competition before I had it. So I usually only do little weekend trips or little mini trips, um, or, and I really didn't compete after 2012 until Miss Pole Dance America happened. And and then, and I was like, oh my gosh, I got to do this one. This this is going to be a show. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, I saw you, I guess at Ink and Iron. Oh yeah. Don't forget about that one. So that was at, um, on the Queen Mary in Long Beach in California, I heard you had like a broken something. Yeah, I broke my foot
1: before I went. But I was, you know, I was like, I've got, they've already got me traveling out there. I'm not going to not do this. So I told them not to set my foot so that it wouldn't be in a cast. (laughs) I went to Ink and Iron and I shoved it in an eight inch chrome pair of blazers.
0: Yes, she did. (laughs)
1: I stood up and then I was like, Oh, I can't stand up. (laughs) And so we worked it out where they would set a chair on stage for me and I'd crawl onto the stage and then I would perform. I just didn't ever stand up. I did a lot of floor work. I did up the pole stuff and I'd just come back down and then sink to the floor and then crawl back up.
0: (laughs) You're, you're a beast, Sarah. Seriously. (laughs) I was watching it and I was like, nah, there's no, there's no way. Like she looks phenomenal and flawless Oh, well, that's very sweet. Yeah. I felt like an awkward duck. I was like holding one leg up the whole time. It was not gimpy at all. <laughs> wow. And then I'm. please tell me you went home and had it set and like properly taken care of.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> it still it aches a little to the end, but it's, it's healed now, so it's fine. Did you totally.
0: injure it doing pole?
1: No. I actually walked
0: right into this chair right here. <laughs> <laughs> ah. <That was> so... <laughs> Anyone who has an ankle, not anyone, but so many people with ankle or foot injuries who are polers do not get them polling. It's like they can walk around in eight inch heels all day, but they slip going down a stair or run into a chair. Kick the coffee table. the coffee table all the time that happens. It's like there's some cosmic irony going on there.
1: Somehow we're safe 20 feet up in the air that we're fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So so tell us about Miss Dance America then. Speaking
1: that of show. That show is everything. It's just between Aletheia's husband Keith does the lighting, and the lighting is gorgeous, and the stage is gorgeous, and the American flag curtain, and just the whole vibe. And being backstage there, um, there's no competition. It's just a bunch of friends who love what they're doing and are so excited to see each other perform and it's just the best atmosphere. I just love that. It's all about the show that just happens to have an award at the end.
0: You are not the first person on this podcast to say that. So it it's got to be true. Like there is some some real like radness going on backstage at Miss Pole Dance America that and you know, I think also because it is a bunch of you got of you ladies who have already kind of made it to the top and um maybe aren't still clawing and it's just kind of like this nice like we're doing this because we want to do this not because we have to do this anymore
1: because we want to share what we do on stage not because we want to beat anybody else yeah. or even take anything home that was never the goal and you could tell that nobody there was like i'm here to win i have to.
0: <laughs> you know a good attitude to have though you did win in your second year.
1: I, if you've seen the pictures of my face, it was obvious that I didn't, uh, think that was going to happen. (laughs) Quite a few photographers caught me going (laughs) on stage and I just couldn't believe it.
0: So tell us about your performance for those. Well, I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes, but it it was really cool. So what was the inspiration and and all that good (laughs) stuff?
1: Basically, I was a secretary who was in love with her boss, and then I get a phone call from his wife and find out. and then I just go full 100 percent red-hot rage and start ripping my clothes off and dancing.
0: <laughs> sure it's not. I'm sure that happens all the time in corporate offices around.
1: I'm around sure the it world. Does. It seems like it was an attainable, realistic <laughs> person to praise.) <portray.
0: laughs> Well, I would wish. That's awesome. And so how did you prepare for it? Do you like have coaches or or anyone or are you just kind of like?
1: No, I'm, I'm self-taught. I'm usually training by myself. Um, I've always learned by doing. So I don't really have a history in dance or anything. So I just do what I think looks cool. <laughs> as long as it doesn't hurt, then I'm like, okay, that seems like it might be the one. Um, choreography, I just you know, try to fit something into the music and try to feel the music instead of trying to count the music.
0: Okay. That's good (laughs) advice. Do you have, um, like, where do you get inspiration? Are you like a big online person or are you really like an experimental person or a little bit of of both?
1: More of an experimental. Sometimes I'll watch a video and try to get inspired by it, but then it's, it's hard not to do exactly what they're doing you don't want to just borrow somebody's choreography. So I like to just put on loud music and put on my heels and not be afraid to look stupid and kind of flop around on the floor until something good happens.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> it seems to work for you. <laughs> Why, thank you. Yeah. Uh, have you ever just gotten to the point where you're like, ah, oh, I need a break from pole? Or like, no, how do you, cause you're still like super, you're this far into it, 11 years and you still seem like super joyous and excited about it. What's your secret?
1: Well, um, I pull the way I want to pull and I don't put too much pressure on myself and I do what I like. And if it hurts my body or if it makes me feel uncomfortable or if it makes me feel like I could possibly injure myself, I just don't do it because I feel like you're way more likely to stick out on stage and be memorable if you're unique rather than if you're just trying to force yourself into things that aren't necessarily comfortable for your body. So I do what my body likes. And I try to just have fun up there. Because if you're having fun on stage, people can tell you're having fun on stage.
0: Yeah. So you've <laughs> never taken, like, large breaks or anything? You've always just been consistent?
1: No, I think in, I think in 2013, after I had finished competing a lot, I felt kind of um, like I wasn't doing the right thing to keep up with the pole community. And I was a little downtrodden about pole. And I was still teaching pole. But I just felt like my own personal performance and stuff was going to start but then I just decided to stop trying to be like other people or keeping up with other people, and that's what really helped to launch my career, I think.
0: Yeah, I think so. Cause, and that's the problem. It's funny you're saying how you haven't done a lot of competitions. In competitions, you have requirements. That's how a yeah. competition works. So, me, you know, you've never had to succumb to that. Really, like, oh, I have to do this trick that I don't want to do because it's required to do this one thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's something to that. What is your, what's it been like being like a pole star, quote unquote, not in, like, and not to say Tampa's not a major town, but it's not um, a, a city like a Chicago or a New York or an LA or a London or, right. you know, like a anywhere in Australia, like Sydney or whatever. So what's, do you think you have a different experience not being in that like pressure?
1: Maybe so. Um, like I mentioned earlier, all of our pole studios are very, we're all very relaxed and very much like a lot of, a lot of the girls compete and a lot of the girls still keep up those, you know, going to competitions, going to PSOs, going to all those. But for the most part, we're all very relaxed and we all just have a good time doing what we're doing. And uh, Tampa's a pretty large city when it comes to pole, yeah. but we're also just kind of on the quiet side. You know? Yeah,
0: I know. <laughs> I was trying to think of how to like gingerly word that because you notice that it's because, like I said in the beginning, like there's some awesome studios there, and I've met some amazing pollers there, but it doesn't have that, like, cl- again, I said it before the claw to the top thing yeah. that when we were talking about in this poll, America doesn't have that, like, well, I need to to be the, be the best or get featured in this or get this spot teaching. I don't know. Maybe it's like that, like warm sunshine vibe or something.
1: I feel like it is. It's all rainbows and puppy dogs and ice cream cones down here. It's really <laughs> great. I love it. There's no competition. There's no feeling like somebody is always trying to claw above you or beyond you or past you. We're just happy for each other.
0: Yeah, that's what, I think that's why, like, I read that energy at your studio in Tampa. And it's like, I don't know, I hope this inspires some people to know that. Because, you know, you do see people who are all stressed out. I see it online. I'm not stressed out, but <laughs> I'm yes. also not a professional polar. But it's like, oh, man, I wish they had that support system there that they weren't, like, beating themselves up about, you know, not placing know in this in this competition or not getting that gig or whatever. So
1: a hundred percent, I hardly, it's hard for me to scroll my newsfeed now sometimes because I feel like, how can you love this so much if you're so hard on yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, just, you did wonderful. It's its okay. You didn't please. Every judge is different. Every day is different. Every competition is different. Sometimes you're sticky. Sometimes you're not, you know, it doesn't say anything about you as a polar, you know, you're a. There is no definition of what a good polar is, you know. You don't even have to. There's pole dancers who nowadays don't even go up the pole. Sometimes I forget, you know. <laughs> Just like I'm having a good time on the floor. That doesn't mean you're not good. It doesn't mean you're not talented. You, aim, you also may never come down. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean you're not talented. It doesn't mean you're not amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think what makes someone amazing is what you said before, doing what's good for your body and what feels right, and then, you know, you can, you can see that as a... And having a good ass time up there, yeah. I know <laughs> there's, been, I think low flow is just where it's at. So, when I was, let me talk about me again. When I was at Buttercup, when was such yeah, a fun yeah. weekend, but I took yeah. like a bunch of workshops. And that there was one that was like a, a trick one that I didn't take, but um, the rest were all like low flow, um, mm-hmm. like floor work or just base work. There's something there. I think. I think so. Yeah, I've been seeing it a lot. So and I I feel like, you know, when I see videos from your studio, that's a lot of the students are real good at that, too. So I think you've caught on.
1: Mm -hmm. They love it. They just want to roll on the floor.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's something to that that's a bit like therapeutic or something. And it's a nice uh, way to break up when you're training for, you know, doing tricks and stuff to be able to come down to the ground and get a bit, a bit of release, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. So, so do you have any fun story? Like people, you always come up on this podcast. People always say that, <laughs> you know, yeah, you're one of their faves and you're like, you know, an old school polar. I know you were looking at Alathia, um mm-hmm. and saying like, oh my gosh, I want to be that. But so many people have said they've seen Sarah Jade and and want to be that. So, oh. do, you know, so you're in that, that OG community, can you just tell us, like, what, what that was like and, like, who were you hanging with and any fun stories first, like, you know, maybe how you've seen it change today?
1: Sure. I mean, you know, poles evolved so much. When I first started actually going on stage, I remember the biggest tricks we would do was there, there was a big, of course, 50-millimeter brass static pole because that's what we had yeah, <laughs> everywhere, yeah. all 50s. And we would just leap off the side of the stages and jump like four feet to this pole and grab hold of it and spin as fast as we could all the way to the bottom. And that was like our big trick. And, um,
0: that sounds cool today.
1: It was fun. <laughs> and, but one girl did miss the pole once. That was not fun. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> oh, <oops.
1: laughs> but um, just the way it has changed and how what was advanced then. The first time I saw Carol Holmes do a cartwheel grip a uh, handspring. I was like, Oh my God, what is that? How is, that? How is that even happening? And nowadays I just miss the time when it felt like it was attainable by everybody a little bit because nowadays it feels like, Oh man, I got to be a bodybuilder, a contortionist, a classically trained dancer and all these other things all at the same time. And it's just, unless you have that background, it's just not going to happen sometimes. So I just, do sometimes miss when it was it felt like anybody could do it but you can you just have to be in the right place and not get in your head that I need to go win competitions or I need to go do this or be this you know in order to be good
0: yeah Yeah,
1: good is yes
0: yeah I'm seeing I'm seeing um just from the conversations that I've had on this podcast I am seeing like an emergence of of that which is cool. So I think people like you who have a lot of influence in the community, like living that, has been, has really been been inspiring for other people to be like, fuck it, I'm not doing that, or you know <laughs> what I don't want to do. I I'm not going to do the, go to this standard or trick that everyone's doing, but I know that makes my shoulder feel like it's going to fall out, or okay. I don't want to wear freaking heels, so I'm not going to wear heels. So like
1: exactly, yeah, do what makes you feel good. <laughs> yeah.
0: And when are are you happiest like on the stage teaching? Like what if you had to pick one thing to do within the community, what would it what make makes you happiest? That's a
1: tough one. Yeah. Because I do love performing, but I think most of all, my favorite thing in the whole world is laughing with my students and just watching them grow and change, not necessarily physically, but emotionally and, and just psychologically as they journey through pole you know that's probably just because I've been with some of these girls for you know five and a half six years now with my studio and just watching them become who they are today is choice that's the the absolute best part all day long
0: how do you keep it so you've had students for five or six years are you like adding new classes or doing new things like how are you keeping people interested keep coming back
1: I think the thing that really keeps them interested is they're all in that place where they're okay with coming to class and not necessarily coming away with a hashtagable new trick. Mm -hmm. They're okay to just come, dance, have a good time, burn some calories, put on their heels, wear a fun costume, and then go home in a better mood than they came in. It doesn't always have to be something brand new every
0: single day. It's a lot Mm -hmm. of stress on people to, to have to feel like to live up to that.
1: Absolutely. Huh. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, you and your nutter butters. Yeah. nutter butters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then what are, or maybe you're there already, but what's your plans and trajectory moving forward? Do you have any, anything you can share with us in terms of like big Sarah J dreams? <laughs>
1: I just want to keep creating opportunities for people to perform on stage, you know, to feel what that energy feels like. Now that's part of the reason I built a big old stage into my studio. Um, so I want to keep keep hosting shows and keep inviting people to come perform and, and getting people up on stage that might not necessarily go by themselves, create big group teams where people can jump up on stage. And just I want to work towards keeping just old pole alive as well. Because I want pole to evolve, I don't want it to stop evolving. I want it to become the big monster that it's already creating today. But I also want people to know that there's that attainable spot where you can just put on a pair of heels and walk cute around a pole in a bikini if you want, and there's no other pressure besides that.
0: Yeah, I like that a lot. That is so my jam. Like I've said it a million times on this podcast, but I've never evolved. Past level two, and I'm like a super happy polar. Dave, <laughs> I will still keep doing jades in my performance. <laughs> Which is not named after you in case anyone no. was worrying. It's from Jamila, Jamila DeVille. Yes. So- I just so happen to have that legal middle name. Oh, my mom was on to something. And you just happened to do it like perfectly. <laughs>
1: Just happens to be like a comfy move for me.
0: Yeah, it was meant to be. That's funny. <laughs> and then one thing I was wondering that I for I'm sorry, this has been the most disjointed interview. I'm going to admit that right now because I'm like oh, I to ask this and then this and then <laughs> this. Um, so, and I apologize for anyone listening that they I don't know how they're following, but <laughs> I wanted to ask because you the new Buttercup is in the back of a gym. Yes. Have you? changed any perceptions have you gotten new people in have you just had conversations with people out there that that has changed maybe some ideas or gotten people involved who would never have otherwise
1: absolutely and um of all gyms we are in the the rear of a powerhouse gym which is where a lot of bodybuilders go and there's constantly you know photo shoots going on and it's it's just very intense environment and those people are working so hard for the most part that fitness is their career and so they were in this kind of our studio is kind of like a speakeasy we're kind of hidden in the back wouldn't really know it was there so we have a lot of people come in and go "Ah!" look through the door and go I had no idea there was this going on like this is amazing you know we have these big big muscle-bound dudes come in and they're like could I do this yeah, you can do this yeah. to a class. And a lot of the people didn't understand exactly how influential poll is. We have a sign in sheet at the front and the guys at powerhouse were like, Oh my gosh, there's so many people going back there. Girls, guys, all age groups. I'm like, yeah, it's for everybody.
0: Yeah. That definitely changed. That's cool. Yeah, you're definitely, like, opening minds or bringing in people who otherwise would just have no idea or no interest. And I'm sure you've gotten some women, too, who are, like, maybe yes. th- like maybe I do want to like try things. a little feminine side after being around this testosterone all day.
1: Right. Well, and Especially women who are in really good shape. A lot of times they don't think it's going to be challenging enough. So they come in and try it, and they're like, oh, my God, that was hard. I'm like, <laughs>
0: I know it's bit surprising. <laughs> yeah, good for you. That's that's it, it's a very unique uh situation for you, but it sounds like you're capitalizing on it.
1: We're enjoying it. <laughs> yeah,
0: awesome. Well, let's jump into the second set of questions that I ask everyone. Okay. Since you are so many people's poll crush, who is Sarah Jade's poll crush? That's an easy one. Okay. It's Alethia. Aww, <laughs> she she's like your pole mama.
1: She is a little bit. Yeah, she's very much my uh, she's been an influence on me, not just in the pole world, but as a businesswoman. And um, I feel like we lean on each other a lot um, in this community, being kind of an, of an older generation mm-hmm. uh, and just really staying relevant and still loving the community, even though it's been so many years.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. And I love that because you are like, to me, you're younger than me, but you're like an older generation, like wise old woman. <laughs> it, no, it does feel like that. That's I said
1: so use funny. the term whole dinosaur, but I'm 29 years old. Yeah. So <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know. We're in, like, this funny spot where, like, our, our grandmoms, like, are way younger than us. But that's cool. Exactly. Like, I'm Mama Buttercup to women, you know, 30 years older than me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's – that's it's it's an interesting time. You entered at a very interesting yes. yeah, time <laughs> in the pole world. Um, okay, so how would you like to see the pole community evolve over the next five years?
1: What I would really love to see, and I know it's a long shot because it's always going to be hard for a huge, especially if there's millions of pole dancers now all over the globe, constantly on the internet, but I would just love to see people be more accepting of each other. And, you know, my thoughts are, there's so many arguments about stripper versus pole dancer, kids in pole, all these things. And my thought is, if you're a mom and you want your kid in pole and you find a studio that likes kids in pole perfect. You know, if you're a stripper and you love doing what you do, then be proud of what you do. If you are not great too. everybody's, it, it, I don't understand why we have to stratify everything and everything has to be in a very small box. And, um, I just wish that everybody would be kinder to each other and feel less inclined to maybe say hurtful things to people in other groups of yes. groups of, you know, poll.
0: Yeah, because we're still all polar, and it's just yeah. tolerance. And yeah. you know, I understand. You know, we've we've said this before. When people are mean or rude, it's just a reflection of their own like self doubt or or hatred or whatever, and, it's, and insecurity of insecurity, like totally showing itself. So I always try to see that, and it does not just come from the sporty side hating on the sexy side. It also there. comes from the sexy side, hating on the sporty side. And I've it comes from Yeah, from the artists, the non-artists, the, you know, it's, it comes from everywhere. And it really is kind of like this, when, when you want to judge someone or you want to dislike someone in the community, like there's lots of styles I don't like. I don't feel like I have to go post about it. <laughs> I just right, do exactly. watch it or I just don't do it. So and just
1: because you, I don't like it doesn't mean I don't support it.
0: Correct. If you want to do a backflip from 15
1: feet up that pole and land on your big toe and yeah. get into the Olympics, I am for you, but I will not be trying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> for sure. So I guess maybe if you see someone, you know, with that attitude online, it's 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 good to even see it that way so you don't get so worked up and just understand like this person has a lot to work on on their own and you just keep Leading, like, you are the prime example of leading, the prime example of leading by example. Oh. Yeah.
1: I feel like there's no reason to be unkind to other people because you don't necessarily like a style. That's no reflection on them or who they are as a person, and there's no reason.
0: Yeah. They're happy. Let them do what they're doing. Yeah. (laughs) You you didn't, um, I mean, you're super successful despite the fact that you have always stuck to, like, a sexy style and... Mm. You know, like it's not. It didn't. It didn't hurt you in other way. So know that how other people pull is not going to hurt you in any way. So like, calm calm down. Calm down. Yeah.
1: You know, we all read it, and sometimes I'm like, you want to. You think about answering these posts, then you're like,
0: let it go. Yeah, and I have better things to do. Do you you have kids in your studio, by the way?
1: We don't do kids mostly because we're a bunch of potty mouse sailor instructors and. (laughs) We have thong Thursdays and, you know, we're just a very adult group of people. I mean, there's currently a blow-up doll sitting in my office wearing a wig. So we're just not a, a, a very kid-friendly studio. We yeah. definitely look for the uh, 18 and up. That's But cool. if you have kids,
0: hell yeah. And you could probably tell them where to go that does have a kids program. Exactly. And I will fully support
1: yeah. shooting them over there.
0: Yeah, that's true. I respect that, too, because um, – I am very similar to – I'm so similar to you, Sarah. I don't <laughs> even think you no, no, I'm zero like you in terms of dancing skills or anything like that. But in terms of – I like the idea of uh, going to an adult space. So as we talked about having variety and pool, I think that, that there's also – it's including variety to have a space that is just for adults mm-hmm. too, you know? So –
1: Yes, and I'm, I think Buttercup is meant to be like an escape from the stresses of your day. And sometimes children can be a stress. Yeah. Traffic can be a stress, or work can be a stress. And so, we're just trying to create a safe place for adults to be adults in, yeah. like, the ultimate, like, like the little poster safe place. Yeah. <laughs> and if I let a couple f bombs fly or say something uncouth, I don't want to look to my side and be like, "Oh no, I just said that." <laughs> of that poor child and I'm a horrible person
0: uh, <laughs> yeah ex- exactly you're, you're not ruining children's lives by no <laughs> I don't want them to go home to their parents and say this word that
1: Sarah said yeah. what is that
0: yeah yeah <laughs> <Pearls>. <laughs> yeah good for you for creating that space so um you know there's options for everything for everything absolutely um cool so we shared your upcoming show in November Is there anything else? Like, I'm going to put all your social media and um, website and all of that. So if people want to just come down now that I've weirdly gushed all over it, and then you have to go to Buttercup. But we're having pull of um,
1: the Pulse Benefit in November, but we're going to try to do another bag to the Chrome in the first quarter of next year. So I'm hoping for February-ish. Nice. Always looking for – we want fun, funny, sexy, crazy stuff on stage to Bad to the Crown. We've had a T-Rex. Last year we had Austin Powers. You know, all kinds of just fun
0: performances. You hung you know? from a birdcage.
1: I did, in fact. <laughs> I swung from the chandelier.
0: <laughs> yeah, and people can apply to that from anywhere. Absolutely. It's worth mentioning that you, so the, in case people don't know, Bad to, Bad to the Chrome is a poll show that yes. is not a competition and is um, through submission. So you can be anywhere in the world and submit a video to Sarah. And if it, if it passes the test, you can perform at her studio. And that's
1: and when you hear studio, people are like, oh, I'll perform in a studio, but oh. we have a 25 foot by 13 foot stage with two competition polls. So
0: it's a if, venue. Yeah.
1: I promise it's not like people sitting on the floor Yeah, like
0: staring at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. So it's like, um, it's definitely something that it, this would be, I think, a good step for people who are looking to maybe eventually make it up to higher, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe dream of Miss Pole Dance America one day or something like that and really want to flex their creative muscles. Yes. So, it's an at the, yeah, because you allow for, um, I saw some I saw glitter. I saw exposed <laughs> bum-bums. I saw it was confetti cannons. People ripping their clothes off. And yeah. All
1: crazy malarkey. And that's what I love. When I go through those submissions, I'm looking for the stuff that jumps out at me that really says, I want to see that. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I got, um, Amy Rosvalley, the pole comedian's, um, submission the first year she was like I'm gonna dance as a t-rex in a g-string I was like in <laughs> we just want you to have fun up there and get that experience of being on stage and having people who love watching pole watch you and be yeah. like
0: yes yeah awesome. it's exciting and you have a bar so that always helps we bring in an open bar yeah so guys <laughs> think about this and maybe apply <laughs> and and be able to like flex those creative muscles in a really supportive, fun environment.
1: Yes, and last year's headliners, Bryn Root, Olivia Austin and Melissa Schrader all at the same
0: time. Yeah. In addition to you. And there's mm. and there's group shows. So you know, you can get your homies together and do a group show.
1: Yes, and for this Pulse benefit in November, I know when you look at the application, we are asking you to pay to perform, but that's because we're going we're trying to raise $10,000. We're not trying to raise a little bit of money. We're trying to raise a lot of money. Yes. So we really want to make this worth, you know,
0: go all the way. Yeah, I understand that. We've talked to people the sh- uh, on this show in the past of like, People don't realize why they have to. Like, if you're going to PSO, why you have to pay? And it's like, do you know how much that costs to pull off? You know, and astronomical what it put costs to put on a show. Yeah. So I mean, you know, unless you're there's, you know, obviously you bring in headliners, but if you're participating in shows like this, you have to understand why why there's payment involved and yes, look into the nitty gritty background. So. We'd
1: absolutely love to pay our performers. Man, would it be wonderful if we could? But when you're, especially when you're trying to really put on a production and really
0: mm-hmm. lighting, photography, even if you, even when you have your own space, you know, there's so much yes. back back end work that goes into it too. And
1: yes. even without the venue and the trust cost, it it really is still an intense uphill battle.
0: Yeah, yeah, happen. Did I mention yeah. open bar? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to return sometime soon. And yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so before I let you go, can you leave us with an empowering message or story or quote or something to sign off with? Um, I
1: have a little bit of both. Cool. So – My first performance on stage at USPDF Nationals in 2010, I had a massive panic attack backstage. And I was bawling my eyes out and freaking out. I was so scared to go up there and do this thing. And um, Shalice came up to me and she said, she sat me down and she says, just say fuck it. I was like, what? (laughs) Just say fuck it. She goes, the first one's like a marathon. You're just here to get through it. It doesn't matter if you win. It doesn't matter how fast you go. You're just here to get through it. And that very much resonated with me over the last seven years. And um, and now I tell it to my students because I feel like it's important. And also I sit backstage now and I think, this is what you love to do. So why would you feel nervous or, or competitive or just want to go out there and share what you like to do? So, you know, just go do it. Have a great time. It's a blast. We're on stage in a bikini. <laughs> Woo!
0: <laughs> <laughs> Confetti guns. <sighs> exactly. Cannons. <laughs> oh, that's great. Controlling your mindset is more than half the battle sometimes. So I think that's fabulous advice, Sarah. Yes. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. It's been really fun. Oh, gosh. Of course. I'm so excited I got to be on Polo I'm so excited that I saw <laughs> you to get you on it, too. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye, darling. Thank you for listening to the Polo Parlor podcast. Want more? Visit PoloParlor.com for show notes and to link to the Facebook group where you can connect with other holics and continue the conversation. Listen to past episodes and subscribe to new episodes on the website, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Lots of love, babes. Thanks for listening.